yeah welcome and welcome back to another episode of the format podcast got another great show for you it's tuesday night on a college football week and we're heading into championship weekend and rivalry weekend is just over so you know what that means my guy ryan langford the format podcast official college football analyst is going to join us to talk all things college football college football playoff can't wait for that one it's a great discussion if you're a college football fan you really need to tune in but if you haven't already and you're here on youtube please click that subscribe that like that notification bell so you can be kept aware of whenever new content drops on the channel. If you want the audio only version of the podcast, open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast, and we should come right up. If you're enjoying the content, please give us that like and uh, that five-star review and drop us a comment. We appreciate it. Make sure you share the podcast with uh, other sports fans you know that might want to hear a different voice than the typical that you would hear in the mainstream sports media. You do all that, you know what happens. Helps us find more sports fans. Helps more sports fans find us. Bruce Hope, Ryan Langford, College Football. Let's get right to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Got another great episode of the Format Podcast. And, uh, you know, I got my guy here, Ryan Langford, the official yeah. Format Podcast college football analyst. Uh, Ryan Langford, as we know, is a uh, former Division I wide receiver with the Fighting Illini and uh, former Indianapolis Colt, as well as former Canadian Football League wide receiver and kick return specialist. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me back again. Let's Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. An amazing college football weekend <clears throat> last weekend, man. Some some incredible games to end yes. out the season in terms of rivalry week. And, um, well, obviously, you know where we have to start, man. Um, rivalry <laughs> week had two of the best games we've we've maybe ever seen. And um, first and foremost, for me anyway, um, because I'm not an SEC guy, I'm sure if you are, then this would be flipped. But mm-hmm. that Michigan-Ohio State game I thought was incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. What are your opening thoughts on that? Before I start, yeah, you know, asking. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good game too. Um, it, it was enjoyable to watch. It, mm-hmm. it it came down to the end. It was you know back and forth. Two teams that were were playing good ball and um and and guys were making plays, which was which was fun to see. Yeah. So yeah. uh, it 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 ended how it ended, but it was I I enjoyed it. I definitely did. That got your Big Ten juices flowing, man. It did. It did. It did. It definitely did. It def- and and I love the big house too. Like the big house yeah. is just such an iconic stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and the atmosphere is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a big thing. Those fans want to make a difference, mm-hmm. and it's just something about you know blue and gold. Just a clean yeah. color in my in my right. in my in my mind. You know. So. Yeah. And and it's funny. Um, as you mentioned, the big house. You know, the big house is what about a hundred five um thousand uh capacity, and then of course yeah. you got the you got the shoe on the other side, the mm-hmm. horseshoe. Ohio State is also crazy too. About 105, right? And you know, you unlike most of us have had the opportunity to come out of the tunnel in both of those stadiums, so you know how it feels to be there and hear mm-hmm. the roar of the crowd and all that. And and for those mm-hmm. of you that haven't watched this um, show before and you're just tuning in for the first time, I know that Ryan holds a special um, feeling for the Big House and <laughs> because um, he scored his first touchdown as a Division One wide receiver in the Big House, so. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. I can imagine is a pretty cool freaking memory to have, man. Yeah, it was. It really was. It Absolutely. really was. So, kind of what what I want to know from you some some things I was thinking about as we're you know taking notes and I was uh, sending you the rundown. First thing I want to ask you: What does this win say about Michigan? Obviously, you know Harbaugh, their head coach, not being there. The whole Michigan against the world, and the program could be in major trouble with the sign stealing and all this crap. What does this say to you about Michigan and and this program? 
Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're a good team. You know, they're winning games, um, and it's you know it, it's it's hard to uh, really appreciate it. I think because of kind of what's going on, um, but at the same time, they're they're playing good football, and you know, the players are making plays when they need to make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from a football player mentality and mindset, they are really doing a good job of showing how they can capitalize and battle against adversity. Right. It is Michigan against the world. Everyone is pointing fingers. Everyone is at them. Um, their backs are against the wall. I mean, their head coach is getting thrown to the fire, guy getting thrown to the fire. Um, and they're really all they got. So um from a from a former athlete mentality, it's cool to see those, you know, band of brothers kind of come together and 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 keep uh hope alive, if you will, from their perspective. So kind of to expand on that a little bit, what what does this say to you about Jim Harbaugh's impact as, as a coach, because obviously we know that he wasn't able to coach the last three games. I mean, he yeah. was obviously in practice all week, helping to prepare mm-hmm. the football team and playing a big role mm-hmm. there. But what does this say about the impact on mm-hmm. this team and the way he's built it that they mm-hmm. were able to keep rolling? And, um, you know, despite all the adversity you just talked about. Yeah, his impact is strong because um, it, it is different on game day when your head coach is not there. Um, you know, even though, you know, offensive coordinator is going to call his plays. Defensive coordinator is going to call his plays. But it does say something to not have a head coach there. Um, it also shows that he has great leadership within the team, um, whether okay. deeper than the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. He's got players probably in each skill position, in each skill group, um, that kind of get their guys together because you need that. You need leaders within um, the team to kind of keep things rolling. Uh, and we can't overlook – head coach is stepping in place for him. Um, and, I, and I think that that's important too. Um, it is an, a challenge. It's a challenging job to kind of step in as the interim head coach when when things are kind of going on and um, the ship seem to be sailing the same way. So um, I think Harbaugh has done a good job of kind of keeping the ship going, but not really on him, if you will, but they definitely have leadership within the locker room, especially the players that are able to go out and do uh, what they need to do. Right. Um. So uh, before we talk a little bit about Sharon Moore, who did just an incredible job over this three game stretch, um, you mentioned the uh, leaders in the skill groups. So I don't know if you heard, I think it was a uh, Michigan wide receiver, Roman Wilson, making some comments, I guess he was asked either about comments the Ohio state receivers made, or mm-hmm. I guess something they got into with them. And he said something along the lines of, well, you know, they want to act hard, but we know they're not tough. We see they got the thousand dollar outfits on and, and the Louis mm-hmm. Vuitton shoes. And, but we, we saw the film and we know they're not tough. Mm-hmm. What do you think about those comments? And the reason I ask you that it's unusual, you know, maybe if he's talking about the DBs from the opposing side, I get it, mm-hmm. but it's unusual mm-hmm. that, someone would say this about the same position group on the other side that he doesn't have to go up against directly. And I mm-hmm. get it. Those wide receivers from Michigan kind of have a tough mentality being that Michigan is such a physical team and a running team. They have to block a lot more than mm-hmm. the Ohio state receivers do. But what what did you take from those comments and what did you think about that? Well, I think he's, he's given something to, to kind of get his guys going. Uh, but there is some truth to what he's saying because the film doesn't lie. Um, And every player watches film differently. Um, There's different cut-ups and different tapes that you can see, and there's different things that you can talk about 
um, with the opposite side of the ball within your locker room of like, hey, I picked this up on film as a receiver. I'm seeing this. Let me tell you what this means. When you're doing scout team during the week and you're having to show them what these guys are going to be running and you can talk to these guys about, hey, this is really what they're trying to attack. This is really what they're doing. If you got a great coach in place, your defensive coordinator is going to tell you based on what they're running, why they're running it and how they're trying to attack us. Uh, but I really think he was just trying to uh, get some juice going and say that, you know, our guys are great. Our guys are better than them. And, you know, we're going to we're not we, we show up on film and we and we dress to impress probably, too. But uh, they, they they definitely saying that they show up on film. So um, that that's how he was, I think, stirring the pot a little bit. Gotcha. All right. So um, we mentioned Sharon Moore, uh, Michigan, Michigan's uh, offensive coordinator and offensive line coach who mm-hmm. has been the interim head coach for the last three games while Harbaugh was on suspension. And he's getting a lot of flowers, you know, over the last few days for the job that he did. And he did realistically, it's outstanding that he, you know, being an interim, outcoached one of the better coaches in the country in Ryan Day. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on the job Sharon Moore has done um, while he stepped in for Jim Harbaugh? Well, I think he's doing a great job in stepping in. I think it's hard to step in in a position like this because you don't train for it. You don't plan to uh, be in a position where all of this extra media that's not football related is thrown on top of you now being a head coach that you didn't start as a head coach at the beginning of the season. So I think that's one thing that that's important. Um, and I And I think that he is doing enough work to have some schools around the country say, Hey, could we have him as a HC? Could he be a head coach in our program? Um, because he's, he's handling adversity well. Um, and it doesn't look like the ship is burning while he's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess kind of the head of the head of the hold. Right. No, I, I think he did a fantastic job and he's getting a lot of positive attention. And one thing I wanted to touch on is that before we move on is that um we're hearing that, uh, if Jim Harbaugh does move on to the NFL or he's, you know, something goes on and he's no longer the mm-hmm. Michigan head coach, then Sharon Moore will definitely be uh, one of the prime candidates for the Michigan um, head coaching job. Now, that said, he's done a great job. But my two cents on that is that if I'm looking for a guy, first call I'm making, if I'm Michigan and Harbaugh is not there, I'm calling David Shaw and he see mm-hmm. if he can follow up at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, the exact same way he did at Stanford. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that we know that David Shaw knows all about recruiting smart kids to deal mm-hmm. with an academic institution. We know mm-hmm. that he has a very similar style in terms of the way he calls plays and the way he runs an offense, um, mm-hmm. you know, physical offensive line in the trenches, run the football pass off of that can uh, recruit and coach quarterbacks extremely well. We saw that Andrew Luck. I mean, he sent a few guys to the league. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that would be the first call I would be making. I don't know that I would yeah. be so quick to um, make sure on more the prime candidate because it's good a job mm-hmm. as he's done. Michigan is a huge program and there's a lot more to managing a program like that, as you well know, yep. than just, you know, game day or, or, you know, preparation during the week. There's a lot more to it. But that's that's my two cents. Um, Moving on. Let's let's flip it to the other side, Ohio State now. Should Ryan Day be on the hot seat? And before you answer that, let's at Michigan at uh, excuse me, Ohio State. He's got a record of 55 and six, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he's one and three versus Michigan, which is the big one. And two and four against top five opponents. Should he be on the hot seat after this loss? I personally don't think so. 
I mm-hmm. do think that he he's got to get a national championship under his belt. Um, I think that they're always in the ranks for could make it all the way, but don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's right on that cusp of like, all right, he just needs one of those yeah. to solidify like, all right, mm-hmm. he, he can do the job, you know? And, and I think that's kind of where he's at. So I don't think they're at a position where they're looking at him like, hey, he's, we got to get him out and we need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they are looking at the clock like, okay, it's year four, year five all right now like we're we getting closer every year so um when is it gonna happen yeah no i agree but i think that the benefit to him is the 12 team playoff next year because you know he doesn't have to worry about if he loses this game he doesn't get in and we'll we'll Mm -hmm. talk a we'll talk a little bit about the importance of this game going forward with the uh the you know the change in the playoff layout but he is one of the best coaches in America. I think that's fair. We saw that. They took Georgia to the limit last year. If they don't yep. miss that kick in the semifinals, he probably has a national championship now. So there's that. Um, what did Michigan and Ohio State both show you in this game after blowout wins for the Wolverines over the past two seasons? What did you see there? Mm-hmm. I saw that... Both of these teams play great football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for these two programs, um, they're right at the cusp of continual greatness, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I think mm-hmm. they're they're both building up real strong. Their pieces are coming together. They're building that continuity um, because things are kind of flowing. They're meshing well. New rules with the league, NIL deal, transfer portal. It's, it's really helping them kind of build – back their old traditional programs of when they were dominating. So I think that um that's they're they're right at they're right at that at that point. And we'll see how you know how the playoffs run down and, and ultimately who makes it to the to the national championship. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I thought that one of the big things, um, especially after uh Ohio State's last second win at Notre Dame earlier in the season, um Ryan Day made it a real point to talk about how, you know, him and his team heard the comments about how they're not tough, they're not physical. And of course, people right. would think that we've discussed that all season, you know, based on what's happened against Michigan the last two years, how they basically got, you know, physically dominated and manhandled. And it's odd. I don't know. They say styles make fights. I guess matchups really matter because they got physically mm-hmm. dominated versus Michigan the past two years. But then last year they went toe to toe with eventual national champion Georgia in the playoff. Right. right? So I don't know, but um. I thought that you could see that Ohio State really made a concerted effort to be more physical and to get tougher in the trenches and to, you know, um, try to run the football more effectively this season and not just rely on elite um, playmakers on the outside. Now, some of that, I think, may have had to do with the fact that they didn't have the same level of quarterback this past Mm -hmm. year. You know, they Mm -hmm. had C.J. Stroud for two years before that. And, of course, for two years before that, Justin Fields. So, you know, they had elite quarterback play before, and they don't quite have that this year. Um, So I saw that they definitely made that more concerted effort. They were more physical. But I think Michigan probably just wanted it more. And Michigan's elite defense was able to make plays when it counted most. They got the pick early, and they got the pick late to seal it. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know. See, as it's so funny, as much as they want to, you know, the powers that be, especially the gambling powers that are involved now, want <laughs> high-flying, high-scoring offense, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, 
certain things will always remain the same. Run the ball, stop the run. If you can do that, mm-hmm. you will have a lot of success. And mm-hmm. Michigan is showing you that. Ohio State is showing you that. Georgia is showing you that. Alabama is consistently showing you that. Now, if you can mm-hmm. add elite quarterback and receiver play to that, you're nearly mm-hmm. unstoppable. We've seen that as mm-hmm. well. But run the ball, stop the run, man. Got to be physical. So that's it. Yeah. Um, we 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 were just kind of touching on that with the 12 team playoff coming next season, and the Big Ten is doing away with divisions. Do you feel like that changes the significance of this game? For them, no. I think that there's so much history in their rivalry. Um, and I think – and maybe that's not the direction that you were saying, um, but I think that the history behind Michigan and Ohio State is going to mm-hmm. remain regardless of what – if it's 12-team, if it's shorter. Now, mm-hmm. I do think the magnitude of the game could change depending right. on where they're at later yes. on in, in the season because, mm-hmm. I, as you said, when it's, when it's only four teams getting in, that one loss week yeah. towards the end could – knock you down five spots could knock you out of the playoffs and mm-hmm. other people would do some things right um i do think it will make it it's still going to be competitive but mm-hmm. knowing that there's a little bit more gap it, yeah. it might not affect or um drop you out as much right so how i was looking at that and that, that's a good way I, I didn't even think about it that way i was kind of looking at it like okay like how ohio state lost this game today so for the next 364 days or whatever they got a mm-hmm. stew on this, right? So let's say mm-hmm. this is next year now, and let's just say Michigan wins, right? Or Michigan loses. Ohio State mm-hmm. takes back control of the season. Mm-hmm. Chances are Michigan and Ohio State are, again, the two best teams in the conference. So guess what? Mm-hmm. They'll play again the following week for the Big Ten Championship because there's no divisions, right? Right. And right. let's just say, hypothetically, they're both top 12 teams. They'll both make the playoffs, and they could possibly – face each other three times in maybe a six-week stretch, right? So maybe some people would say that the significance of the game, which is, you know, the final game on their schedule every season, may uh, it may lose some of its luster because you know that, okay, we'll probably be playing again the following week and then we got a chance again to possibly match up in the playoff. Your thoughts? No, I I feel that. That makes sense. That makes sense because – in that scenario, they literally could play three times mm-hmm. <laughs> and that would, right. it would just be like, all right, what, what is this baseball now? Like, <laughs> I mean, how many times y'all going to play each other? So right. th- that could happen. And I could see that happening to other teams just in, in general, just be just by, you know, I could see that happening for some sec situations. I could see that happening for some big 10 situations like that. Um, and I think if fans would rather not see that type of stuff happen. Um, but I think with 12 different teams and, and the dynamics, and we'll see how the committee really, really runs when this 12 team thing really starts rolling out. Um, but I would, I would rather not see them play three times in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I, w- I wonder how the majority of fans would feel about that. That's interesting. I, yeah. I, I think there is something to looking ahead to this game for an entire year. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. Well, it's all it, it's always going to be circled. It's always going to mm-hmm. be circled from uh, and on Ohio State. They're always going to circle Michigan because right, that's right. that's the game. Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're always going to have Ohio State circled. Mm-hmm. Like that's just. I think that's going to stay true regardless w- what happens. Well, yeah, no, I agree. But 
maybe maybe it wouldn't hurt so much because in the NFL, obviously, it's a different sport. But in the NFL, you have situations where you play the your division rivals twice every season, and then because yeah. in your conference, you may end up playing them again in the playoffs. So, but that doesn't seem to hurt you know, ratings or the fans desire to see that. So I don't know. That's I true. guess we'll have to find That's out. That's true. All right. That's let's, true. let's, uh, let's take it to the sec. This is a game. I know you were super excited about, and um, I know you were glued to it. Did you go Alabama and Auburn? Were you at Did, the Iron Didn't Bowl? go, didn't okay. go to it. Uh, watched it. Um, but just incredible. In, incredible yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. And the, and the iron ball always comes down to those. Doesn't to it? Something crazy, right? Game. It's, it's crazy always. Yeah. So it's, it's always something crazy though. And this time you had, Jalen Milrow, he uh, completes the fourth down. Man, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to say about it, man. What are your thoughts on how wild the ending of that game was? I was speechless. I mean, it, it, yeah. it was crazy. I yeah. felt um, I enjoyed it as a fan, obviously rooting for Alabama, and I would love to see um, what this now will do to the SEC championship, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll talk about later, but – um, I was glad to see them, you know, win. Um, felt for 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 Bama or felt for Auburn. I was just mm-hmm. like, man, like I would have been devastated if I was yeah. in the stands, if yeah. I was on the defense, if I was, you know, I would have been mm-hmm. just devastated because that's one play that we need all eleven guys to give a hundred percent assignment, mm-hmm. and we couldn't get it. Now we know every game doesn't come down to that final play, but there are about six key plays in the game. And it just hates when that nail bit break, 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 breaking play is, mm-hmm. you know, the last play of the game. And, and you, and you lose like that on, on a perfect throw. Yeah. Um, a great yeah. Catch. I couldn't believe that. Get that overlooked. That was a perfect ball. Yeah. Um, great catch. The ability to have the body control, um, get your feet in bounds and, mm-hmm. and, and, and seal it like that. Cause that was, that yeah. was, nuts there the 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 they shouldn't have got it but they got no it. <laughs> but, but what was that fourth and 31 and for whatever reason Hugh Freeze decides to keep a spy on Jalen Milrow like that like you take you mm-hmm. take a defender out of coverage when you know mm-hmm. he has to throw it to keep a spy mm-hmm. on him he wasn't going to pick up 31 like come on uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's I, I think, think so that's either. something he's going to have to live with for a long time um so you mentioned that the game had, you know, about six key plays, as most games do. Was there one that you thought was kind of the turning point in the game for you? Um, there was a few turning moments, I think, like momentum changers, a uh, mm-hmm. few questionable calls. Like they were talking about the fair, uh, the face mask call. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama missing a field goal really hurt in third quarter. They right. missed that field goal. Uh, they didn't score again literally until the last play of the game, right? So that that took a lot of momentum. The Alabama or Auburn muffed the punt that gave Alabama a lot of momentum. Um, so those plays like that really affected the game, and, and those will be the turning points for me. The biggest one is probably that field goal that Bama missed. Okay. Uh, that kind of gave Alabama or Auburn some uh, juice. Like, all right, this mm-hmm. this might be it. They kind of turned up for a little bit and then laxed on. Unfortunately, the last play of the game and, yeah, and gave it up. Right. How good is Jalen Milrow? <sighs> I love him, man. He's a, he's a competitor. Yeah, he's, he's a real uh, he also, gamer, isn't he? And he also seems like a great kid too, like a great mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his after his after uh, game interviews. I did um, too. I he's did always too. saying "roll tide." He always has this positive energy, mm-hmm. and I can always appreciate when Nick Saban and him talk and interact. Mm-hmm. Uh, their player coach relationship looks very natural, looks mm-hmm. very real, looks very 
um, I got your back, you got my back kind of thing. And I think that that's what is so beautiful in sports. Yeah. Um, and to see that on that, on that level is cool. And, and I'm pulling for him. I mean, it's, I think, you know, playing in the game, he played a little kind of indecisive. Sometimes he had a few mm-hmm. penalties where he didn't, um, you know, you know, holding the ball to our crossing line scrimmage yep. and illegal yep. pass, things like that. And mm-hmm. I kind of wanted him to just be more confident and say, Hey, if I'm gonna tuck it and, and run, go ahead and run. If I'm gonna tuck it and keep looking, tuck it and keep looking, but make the decision and roll with it because you're a player you know once right. he gets moving he makes plays so um yeah i think he's 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 a top 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 quarterback top quarterback for sure did bama win or did auburn lose auburn lost um mm. i think as a as a as a bama fan and, and and watcher i hate to say it um but i think auburn had a lax when they didn't need to Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, kind of count that last play. You can count penalties. You can count errors, block, you know, missed assignments, things like that. Um, but I think just how it all kind of went down at the end, Alabama or Auburn kind of gave it up, right? You, you just mm-hmm. had to just do the bare minimum when when you needed it most. Um, and and unfortunately, didn't couldn't couldn't do it. Okay, here's the big one, right? And we're going to talk more about this later, but mm-hmm. does Bama have a real chance against Georgia in the SEC championship game? Yes. Uh, I, I think you, I think you can, never, you can never count Alabama out. You can never count out Nick mm-hmm. Saban. I mean, I think he's one of the greatest uh, college coaches, you know, ever that we'll, that we'll see in our lifetime. So you mm-hmm. can't, you can never count Alabama out. I think the country believes that Georgia is just super powerful and dominant, mm-hmm. which they are. But yep. that is prime real estate for Alabama to yes, come in and is. win the game. Yes, it so, is. And with the committee being the committee, Alabama wins this game. We don't know what can happen, oh. but the committee's going to have to work. We'll get to that. Especially. We'll get to that. All the other stuff that's, oh, that yeah. that could that could happen. Oh, we're we're gonna get to that. Trust me. <laughs> so, but right. but yeah, so that that's 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 how I feel. I think you can never count them out. Um, I think Alabama has a very legitimate chance to win this game. They are one of the rolling few teams, right now. Yeah, they're one of the few teams in the country that can match up player for player with Georgia. I don't think yep. there's any difference in in talent. Um, I don't think uh, Kirby Smart is coaching as well as anybody, but. At the end of the day, if there's going to be a coaching advantage, you got to give it to Saban. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's the GOAT. He's arguably the GOAT mm-hmm. in, in college football. Um, I think Tommy Reese has really kind of got this thing figured out offensively in terms of his personnel and, and his scheme and what he wants to run. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. Alabama defense is looking like the old Alabama defense. And I don't believe, I could be wrong, I don't believe uh, Georgia has enough playmakers on the outside. And mm-hmm. so... Um, if mm-hmm. if Alabama can control their run game, I don't know if Carson Beck's going to be able to beat them throwing it because I don't think they have enough playmakers on the outside. That's yeah. that's my take. Yeah. Could be wrong, but that's what I see. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting game because yeah. it's going to come down to the playmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're when you're matched up like that, someone's going to have to step up. Someone who doesn't normally step up is going to have to step up to take their team over the edge, and that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be exciting to see who that player is going to be. Um, and when they're going to make the plays. Right, right. All right, so um, it's Tuesday, so that means that the college football rankings for this week have come out, and so we'll talk about that. 
mainly, of course, what do we want to talk about? That that top five or six, right? And by the mm-hmm. way, there are some extremely good one-loss teams in the top ten. I'll tell you what. But let's yeah. start with number one, as it probably should be, and that's Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Washington. I like that. Mm-hmm. Number four, mm-hmm. uh, Florida State. Number five, Oregon. Um, number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Texas. Number eight, Alabama. Number nine, Missouri for no reason. Well, we know the reason. Um, number 10, Penn State. Um, a really good top 10 there. Anything there that stands out to you? Washington coming up to three. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was that was an interesting move. Mm-hmm. I like the move though. I do yeah. like the move. Yeah. Um, that move definitely adds a lot of weight to this next week. Absolutely. Um, with with how it is. And I think that is why I like where they're placed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because we're going to find out anyway in a few days. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm cool with where they're at. I'm cool. Yeah, with, I'm cool yeah. with how they did this. Me too. Um, I'll tell you, obviously, Florida State being the uh, what the fourth undefeated team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm cool with them being at number four. But I'll tell you what, what really uh, irritated me. And that was uh, Paul Feinbaum. I think he was on the um, the SEC morning show on Saturday. And mm-hmm. they asked him about this. And he's saying that um, if Alabama uh, beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, put them in. He doesn't care what Florida State has done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is absurd. Florida State would be undefeated. And because you want to push the SEC narrative, you're going to mm-hmm. say put Alabama in if they win the SEC championship. Why should mm-hmm. Alabama, in any case, no matter what they do, be ahead of Texas, who went to their house and beat them? Like, mm-hmm. wh- how are we how are we continuing to ignore this, right? I mean, does that win not mean anything? What are we playing games for if we just disregarding? Mm-hmm. The committee said themselves now, this is not me. The committee said, and they said this years ago, that they value head-to-head matchups as one of the cleanest tiebreakers. So mm-hmm. if Alabama and Texas both finish with one loss, but Texas beat Bama head-to-head at Bama by double digits now. How on earth, besides SEC bias, would Alabama get ranked ahead of Texas? Absurd. Mm. Mm. Could it come down to strength of schedule? Because I'm also hearing that. Because It, it could, but it shouldn't. Strength mm. of schedule should fall behind head-to-head matchup. Because you mm. can say, okay, I played a better schedule than you, and that's cool. But then if that makes me weaker because I played a better schedule, what does it say that I went to your house and beat you by double mm-hmm. digits, right? Mm-hmm. So strength mm-hmm. of schedule mm-hmm. should in no way stand ahead of a head-to-head matchup. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. yeah. That, that's crazy. I'm with you. And that that really, like, as you can see, that that really irritated <laughs> me when I heard that. When I heard Feinbaum say, I'm like, bro, you can't be serious right now. You mm-hmm. can't be mm-hmm. serious. But he was very serious. Um, yeah. Now, can Florida State win a national championship without Jordan Travis? No, I, I seriously doubt it. Um, yeah. How, however, so. we also said that in 2014 when Cardell Jones, I believe the third string quarterback, stepped in for Ohio State. Were you still in college in 2014? 20. I was done. Not playing anymore. But yeah. Okay. That, right. that would have been the year. I graduated 13. But okay. 14 was my class. Okay. So, so you remember Cardell mm-hmm. Jones steps in. He's the third stringer at Ohio State. And mm-hmm. helps to lead them with Ezekiel Elliott to a championship. Yep. Nobody thought yep. that was going to happen, right? They go, yep. I think they smoke Wisconsin like 59 nothing in the Big Ten title game, right? Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. go on the run. They beat up Bama in the semis. And then I think they beat 
Oregon maybe. But the point is they won the national championship, but nobody thought they were going to do that. So mm -hmm. I'm really frustrated with this business of you, you don't get what you earn, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, I think James Madison, they stepped up to FBS from FCS mm -hmm. um, this season, right? And mm -hmm. spent most of the season ranked, you know, lower half of the um, the 20s, right? But they were ranked. Mm -hmm. They lost, I believe, one game this year. But you mm -hmm. have some stupid rule that says when you change divisions that you're not eligible for postseason play. And I'm like, how ridiculous is that? They came up. Yeah. They beat everybody on their schedule. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if they had gone undefeated, they couldn't play in a bowl game. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, why are we even playing games if the games don't matter? What's yeah. going on yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm interested because when they do open this up to 12 teams, mm -hmm. um, those are the type of teams you want to see make it in yeah. and see if they can go on a run, see if they yeah. can really make it to the top because that's exciting. That, that's, that gives you that, you know, almost that college basketball type yeah. of deal where these very small yeah. schools right. end up making it all the way and you're like, man, like – Mm -hmm. You know, not, they can't, they play too. They, you know, they, they, mm -hmm. they got some yes. players too. Um, so I now, think it's exciting and you think it's exciting, but the powers that be don't want a chance that the little guy is going to come in there and upset the proverbial apple cart. They don't want that. Right. Because if you mm -hmm. look at it, one of the, I've always been a proponent of an eight or 12 team playoff. So I'm happy it expanded. However, mm -hmm. one thing I was saying, and this is before you became a, a regular on the show. One thing I was saying was if you want to go 12 teams, put a cap on how many teams from each conference can be there because we mm -hmm. know what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to turn it into the SEC Invitational. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you're going to have years where four SEC teams make the four, make the 12 team playoffs. And we don't yeah. need that. Like th that's right. not what it should be about. Just, just put the teams in there, you know, but we know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. You're probably yeah. going to have at any given point, maybe three big 10, maybe four big 10, four or five SEC, you're going to have your one group of five qualifier. And then, you know, it's like, whatever. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous for me personally. Mm -hmm. It should be each of the power five champions and then whoever else makes it in. But yeah, I like that the would cap make too idea. much sense. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. even think about it like that. That makes sense. And they could be very similar to how it is now with the four teams within top divisions. And then right. y'all kind of make it in. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, so that's me. Maybe they'll maybe they'll change it. I mean, it, it took a while to get this twelve, so we right, you know right. we might be right. It might be years from now, but yeah. it could be in the works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I man, I get passionate about this thing. When, when I see the BS, it really gets on my nerves. But um, let's let's move along from the rankings. Uh, so before I do that, real quick, does mm -hmm. Louisville have a chance to upset Florida State in the uh, ACC title game? Absolutely. I think Absolutely. so too. That's a good football team. Um, love Coach Brom, by the way. Coach mm -hmm. Brom recruited me to go to FAU. Mm -hmm. Almost went there, and then he got to Illinois, and I ended up going to Illinois. So always been right. a fan of Coach Brom. Right. Um, know his style, know how he is as a person, person, and how he is as a coach. Mm -hmm. And they're a good team. Now they had a few losses towards the end of the season, but yeah, that doesn't yeah, take tough. away that they are hungry, and they also know that they are in a position that they can be the upset and mm -hmm. really you know, really, you know, spoil people's Christmas as if you will. Oh, yeah. So um, this is going to be a big game. This is going to be a big game. Right. Well, personally, I think that um, the committee wants Louisville to upset Florida State because that takes away one difficult decision from them, right? They don't have That's to right. worry about that. Um, so before we get into that, let me ask you this. 
if you could only watch one, which conference championship game would you watch on Saturday? Is it the, well, I guess Friday or Saturday, but if you could only watch mm-hmm. one, which would it be? Mm-hmm. The Oregon-Washington rematch or would it be Alabama versus Georgia? I'm going to say Alabama versus Georgia. Man. Not only because of, not only because <laughs> of, I'm interested in Alabama, but just because Georgia's number eight, number one ranked team in the country, and they've mm-hmm. been playing some great football and have I been rolling. I think they've won 28 straight or something like that. They have been rolling through mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you want to see who can take down the big dog. Goliath, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally the big dog, you know? Yeah, absolutely. True. Um, and then once that happens, what will happen? Mm-hmm. Because now the committee is kind of at – the committee is in a tough place. I personally mm-hmm. don't think – let's say Alabama doesn't win. I don't think they're in a position to say Georgia gets completely left out. That's hard to do. I couldn't see yeah. that happening. Yeah. But – on paper, does it make sense for them to get possibly left out? Well, I think it kind of depends on what the other games do as well. Um, but I, I think it's yeah, hard. Well, I think, you know, yeah. I think it's hard yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to say that they're out and they might both be in. I, I don't know. I don't know if they, the only oh, way for Bama to, to get in, they got to win, which we which, all know. Yeah, it would be hard to leave an SEC champ out, but then, the, all right, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I got you. I got you. I've been, I've been rearing to get to that part of it. But for me, I really want to see this Washington-Oregon rematch because um, – And I, I, was, I want to watch it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question was one or the other. But I want to right. watch it too. I can't wait right. to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think if I got the – if I had to choose one, it's Oregon-Washington. Mm-hmm. And that could mm-hmm. be because I'm just not an SEC guy. But I think that's going to be an amazing game. And um, ESPN predictor actually has Oregon at like 74% to win that game, which wow. I thought was crazy. But – yeah. Oregon seems to be peaking at the right time when Washington is grinding out wins. But mm-hmm. to me, that's also a good thing, right? Washington is finding ways to win. You can't blow mm-hmm. everybody out. So when mm-hmm. you know how to win close, it gives you that winning DNA, right? And I'm sure you're mm-hmm. you're aware of this much more than, than the rest of us. But when you find wins to ways, excuse me, to eke out those games, I don't mm-hmm. look at it as you're sneaking by with wins. I'm looking at it as, you're teaching yourself as a team how to overcome adversity and win those mm-hmm. tight ones. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Because, it, you know, they say don't look at the score until the game is over, right? Until mm-hmm. it's triple zeros across the board, then you right. look at the, the scoreboard. Um, but it, they are showing that they are grinding some games out. And now what we don't know is, from a player's perspective, on the field level, what they're really thinking in their mind during the games. They could be down at halftime, in the locker room, kicking mm-hmm. it, chilling, comfortable, because they know who they, they are going to come yeah, back and yeah. win. Or they're the people that are panicking, like, hey, we got a lot of pressure. Come on, y'all, we got to get it together. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So we we really don't know who it is. All we yeah. know is at the end of the game what the final score is. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's an interesting component to keep in mind as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's going to be – I think both games are going to be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I think they said that 13 NFL teams sent scouts to the game last week with uh, wow. Michigan and Ohio State. and. Pretty much whenever you have the SEC championship game, every team sends scouts there because, I mean, yes, there's going to be great players in that game. But also, you know, apparently Mm -hmm. the NFL scouts and everyone else thinks that every player in the SEC is from Krypton. But that's a a different thing. I'm not not going to get on that soapbox today. (laughs) All right. So this is now let's get a little bit into these scenarios and whatnot. Right. So Mm -hmm. Texas and Oklahoma State playing for the Big 12 championship. Right. 
Texas won't be in this conference for the foreseeable future. So I think it is kind of apropos that either Texas or Oklahoma ended up, it would have been even better if it was both of them, but one of them, the yeah. Blue Bloods of the Big 12, ended up playing for the conference title in the last year that they're there. Now, mm-hmm. if Texas wins and Alabama wins the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the other top four, the other two players in the top four stay true to form, i.e., Washington beats Oregon and remains undefeated. Mm-hmm. And Michigan beats Iowa. Who should get that final spot? Texas or Bama? Now, you know, like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. that the pro SEC, college football media and fans are going to be screaming for Bama to get in as a one-loss SEC champ. And, of course, they're also going to be saying, well, Georgia just slipped up this once, but they're still one of the, the four best teams. They, they had a 28-game win streak, blah, 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 right? But mm-hmm. like I've been mentioning, what happens to the fact that Texas, again, I can't stop saying it, went into Tuscaloosa, went into Bryant-Denny, mm-hmm. went in there, and 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 Bevo smacked around the elephant, right? They did. Right? They, they did, did that. Double figures at Bama. Do we just ignore that? And then at that point, I guess we can't. You just finished talking about it. We can't in good conscience leave Georgia out. Because they slip once, they're not going unless they get destroyed, which is not going to happen, right? Right, which is but, which, which we don't know, but right, I, probably I can't not see going it. to, right? Probably not me. I agree, right? I so they're still probably going to be one of the four best teams in the country, right? Yep. So yep. what does the committee do at that point? Does it do what it wants and put in two SEC teams? Like what happens there? I don't, I, I don't know, and this is why I, I want. I want it to happen because I yeah. want to see what's going to happen yeah, yeah. because it's it, because I want them to be held to the fire. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. Like, I, yes. I, I kind of want to see it because yes. that's not my job. Y'all chose this life. Y'all have put these rules in that's place. Right. And now these rules are going to get tested. And now, you know, yeah. let, let's, let's see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're scared to death about what's going to, how this is going to play out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I like that it's that it's happening how it's happening though. Like mm-hmm. with these teams are playing games. I think the only yeah. team who's not playing is what? Oh, Ohio State, right? Like everyone else is. Yeah, that's right. Ohio playing in something watch. that could theoretically yeah. change. Because what if we just see a huge outlier where someone gets just destroyed, like forty two seven. Right, right, and then right. they're looking like, oh man, well, mm-hmm. dude, you know, Alabama went forty-two-seven or something like that. Like, whoa, like that's yeah. that changes, and then Texas or you know something. So yeah, yeah. I'm totally interested to see what is gonna what is gonna be. Um, and I, I, and I don't know, and I'm glad I don't know. <laughs> I think in that situation, I bet you Washington gets screwed, right? Which right. would really suck because they've played a gauntlet all season long. They have. They and have. Texas, who did everything they were supposed to do, I think they both get screwed. But check Mm -hmm. this out. What happens now? What about if Oregon wins the Pac-12 in its final championship game, right? So now Mm -hmm. Oregon knocks out Washington. Do they Mm -hmm. get into that top four? Uh, Like, we we, we got all these questions. You You would would say they're one of the four best teams. Theoretically, you would say they should, with Washington being number three. You Mm -hmm. should at least get to four. That's right. You know, that's right. And Florida State, who's Florida State? Florida State's playing. Florida State um, playing Louisville. Florida State's playing Louisville. Mm-hmm. They lose. They out. Yeah, they got to win. In that situation, they have. They, they, they got to win, win if they want a chance. That's right. That's right. If they want they a have chance, to. 
They have to. Yeah. They have to. They that's have right. to. And I think that's what's Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that I, the committee is they're praying. They are praying to they God are. <laughs> that everything stays perfect. Because if everything stays perfect, you just say, okay, cool. Georgia, mm -hmm. Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Everybody wins mm -hmm. and it stays the way it is. You got your four. But I don't see it going that way. And mm -hmm. like to your point, I want this chaos so mm -hmm. that we can see what type of BS the committee is going to mm -hmm. try to feed us about who ends up getting screwed here. I mm -hmm. can't wait. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. What if what if Florida State lost? Mm -hmm. Washington lost. Mm. Alabama won. Oh, so then I think it makes that it easier for the crazy. It would, but it would make it easier for the committee now to oh, do what they want to do. So let's well, say Texas, yeah. Well, what's going to happen? They're not going to leave out a one-loss Alabama that just won the SEC, and they're not mm -hmm. going to leave out a Georgia that's won all year, been pretty dominant, mm -hmm. and won 28 straight in the SEC. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it. So mm -hmm. what you're going to have there is you are going to have Oregon. You are going to have um, Bama and Georgia, not necessarily in that order, and probably mm -hmm. Michigan. And probably Michigan. That's probably yeah. what you're going to get. You yeah, know, that was crazy. Whatever it is, I want the most chaotic situation possible. Me too. Because I want to, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I want to force it. the committee. Yeah. Show me, show me your hand. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see who's going to, I want to, I want to see who they're going to end up jerking on, yeah. on this thing because you got five or six teams that deserve to be in it. You got outstanding one loss teams. And of course, you got these four undefeated teams, you know? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't, it's crazy. I can't wait to see. And it's starting Friday night. Starting Friday, start night. Friday night. There it is. There it is. Love it. Yo. <laughs> all right, man. We we gonna leave it there instead of going through all these crazy doomsday scenarios. <laughs> a lot of wild stuff could happen, but we're gonna leave it right there. Um, if you're here on YouTube again, please make sure you uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you stay aware whenever new content comes out. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me, man. Um, can't wait to get back with you next week because whoo, next week is going to yep. be the final one. We're gonna that's know right. who's in, we're gonna know who is the conference champions, and we can talk about all the BS that's undoubtedly gonna go down with the committee. You know it. <laughs> that's it, man. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Ryan. I appreciate it, and uh can't wait to get back with you next week. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll see you then. I appreciate you. All right, and we're out. Peace.